Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast. This is episode 41. And although the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season is done, the NFL season is not, as four teams still remain in the postseason, each of them with Super Bowl aspirations. But in order to get there, they're going to need to win one more game, and those games are going down this Sunday And what will determine the champion of each conference. That's why they're called the Conference Championships, and these matchups will decide who's going to have the honor to compete in Super Bowl 56, a game that will be played on Sunday, February 13th at SoFi Stadium, in Los Angeles, California. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and I am joined by both of my co-hosts this evening, as I usually am, even when we record on a Friday night, because what else would we be doing? Scott and Bodan, how goes it, gentlemen? I'm sorry I messed up the intro. I didn't know that Scott wanted to do a waterfall uh, <laughs> during <laughs> your monologue. I would have I, yeah. I joined you, Scott. I'm sorry. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't really realize what I was doing either. And then I was like happily into just finishing this beer. I was like, I hope this isn't distracting as I'm just <laughs> crushing it. Um, but to be honest, it's because I was gonna crack one and I, then I thought that would be more distracting. So, you know, great start all around, all around. Hey guys, hey, how are you? Yeah, it would have been less distracting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm realizing <laughs> it now. I'm really yeah, live and learn, guys. Live and learn. I'm used to that. I'm used to that in the back the backdrop of that. Um yeah. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're, we're quite simply going to break down these conference championship games. I mean, obviously, uh, it's unfortunate that we don't have Buccaneers football to talk about, but we'll have plenty of offseason content that we can discuss as it relates to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFL draft and all that stuff. So we're just going to uh, zip through previewing these games. We'll talk a little bit about the coaching and GM carousel that's going on in the NFL right now. Some action today. Brian Dayball was just uh, just announced as the new head coach of the New York Giants, so that's great hire for them i think but we'll talk about that once we get through these conference championship previews uh and i think we're going to start in the afc afc championship that's the first game that's being played on sunday uh between the cincinnati Bengals and the kansas city chiefs chiefs are favored by seven and a half last i checked that game's kicking off at 3 p.m on cbs um the Bengals were 10 and 7 this year in you know what was uh a major turnaround for them first in the AFC North, which was massive. Uh, and they've got a high powered offense with impressive weapons all over the field. Two young superstars with the ability to take over a game and blow it wide open in the blink of an eye. Obviously I'm talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar chase. Speaking of chase, he had 232 yards receiving and three touchdowns in week 17. When these two teams met, my God, yeah, um, it, that was, that was like watching, uh, like Kevin Durant go for 54 or something like that. You know, it, it's so rare in a football game for someone to just dominate, and it, especially a receiver. He has to actually get the ball thrown to him. But he was just incredible. Maybe a couple non-calls or calls that went his way, but not to take anything away from him. He was special, and he was the reason why he won that game. That was um, That was something else. Totally, yeah. No other way to slice it. I like yeah. the analogy there, too. It's like – Katie's a good one. Like it's just yeah. nothing, you can, nothing you can do. Yeah, that's um, what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so speaking about the bit, like that, you know, that division was kind of underwhelming, but no bad teams. You know what I mean? Like Green Bay got to play Minnesota, Detroit, and um, Chicago. Right? Dallas was in there with Philly, the Giants, and the Eagles. So I know the Bengals were only ten and seven, but to go out there and actually win that division like definitely a year or maybe two ahead of schedule. Um, and to get to this AFC championship game is just, just an awesome story and, uh, and a fun one and a new team. Right. And how much do we love Burrow? I feel like we're watching our nephew out there play. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, even if we just take a step back, like against the Titans, he was so composed on like basically every drive, even though he knew he was going to get sacked on every drive. Um, the Titans yeah. were doing this weird thing where they were going cover zero every time he had an empty backfield. And by the fourth quarter, he was just literally like shredding them. He could not stop it. Yeah. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. Um, yeah. I, th- I think poise 
and like poise and under control are, are two great superlatives to define him. He just is totally ready for the moment. Um, not, you know, I hate to speaking cliches and not just talk about his actual talent because that's what's really has gotten him here and that's why he's so good. But um, it just he's ready. He I he's not going to yeah. walk into this game and be shell shocked. Nothing like that. He has the ability to hunt the big play, which you're going to need in order to put up points against Kansas City. We've seen them do that, obviously. This is uh, January 2nd when they played last. Uh, whether or not they're going to have the same success, because that was that was truly like basketball on grass, uh, that game um, just after the new year there. So we'll have to see. But um, if that line can hold up, excuse me, at least a little bit better, there's going to be shots down the field. They're, they're like, you know, we saw it. And I know Matthew was out in that Bills game for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But look at how many, how many um, holes there were in that secondary. And if it's anything close to that, and Burrow has the time, he's going to be able to pick them apart. They're going to be, they're going to be able to score. They're going to be able to score. It's just a matter of if they can, you know, maybe cause a few turnovers, knock a ball loose from Alms, and uh, in order to stay in this game. Yeah. And like, you know, you're right. It is just Burrow's talent, right? You can describe it yeah. however you want, but that it all can just be categorized as his talent. And it's funny, He's man. He's awesome. Yeah, you, you, I'm looking at the QB comparison stats with Mahomes from just from the regular season, and I like Burrow would probably get the nod if you were just looking at numbers on a screen. I mean, he's got a yeah. better completion percentage, better yards per attempt, more yards per game, three less touchdowns, and one more interception, um, higher quarterback rating. And he was sacked uh, 14 more times as well. So obviously he's been up against it, which is a huge issue mm. for the Bengals, which we saw against the Titans. My God, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's obviously their biggest weakness. It's just a putrid u- offensive line unit. I'm not sure, I've seen, not sure I've seen a group of linemen get bitched as dramatically as they did versus the Titans. Yeah, the thing, Isn't it? But the thing about the Bengals, yeah. they still managed to win that game. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and isn't it so funny that the – you know, everything about the draft in the preseason was, you know, basically a solid offensive line by drafting Sewell or having the dynamic playmaker. And they went with the playmaker who is obviously, um, you know, absolutely balled out and, and proven to be worth every single penny and definitely worth that high of a pick. But it's not like the line just magically was really good also. Yeah. You know, like they're doing it in spite of it. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm, Hey, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. I kind of thought if your quarterback's smart enough and if you have enough weapon weapons outside, you can, uh, you can kind of fake it till you make it with the offensive line. Now, obviously that almost bit them in the ass last week, but they somehow did it. And, uh, and here we are, man, like AFC championship game, it's Burrow and Mahomes. Like how awesome is this? When do you think we'll have like, a bad AFC, like, do you think there'll ever be a bad quarterback in like the next 10 years in this? Well, game? no, <laughs> right? Think about like, the- it's going to be Mahomes or Allen or Burrow or Herbert, Herbert, like- Rogers, <laughs> Rogers, oh. yeah, Rogers, yeah, no kidding. If that all, if that all comes to fruition, it's no, Bo, it's so, it's such a good point. Like, I don't know, yeah, you know, things change all the time, obviously, yeah. and you know, but. It really looks, barring something crazy, that Mahomes is going to be a chief for life, and I'm sure the Bills want Josh Allen to be a Bill for life, right? So, um, yeah, great point, and that's what we're that's what we want to watch is uh, want to see the at least four elite quarterbacks in this on this uh, championship Sunday, right? And I think we're getting I think we're yeah. getting three, which I guess isn't bad. So at least three, yeah, yeah. Um, who do you guys think like? offensively we've talked about the line like does that line have to be better like is there a player that you can think of that needs to have a big game like we know jamar chase is going to show up we're pretty sure joe burrow is going to show up like is there another player that you guys think needs to show up for cincinnati to keep this competitive i think uzoma sorry no it's okay yeah cj uzoma that he can be like he he's solid right he has these games he's certainly not consistent necessarily but um when he comes to play, that's just another weapon they have that can um, unleash a different aspect of their offense. He's a good, uh, he's a good player, man. He's he's, he's really always good. just 
doing the right thing out there. Great hands, good red zone target too. Um, I not to cop out, but I, Burrow has to be awesome, and yeah. he obviously a lot of the sacks against Tennessee were on Burrow, but or sorry, were on the line, but a couple of them were on Burrow holding on the, onto the ball, and I think that's what happens when your offense is sputtering a little bit. So you hold on to the ball a little bit more trying to force one down the field, trying to wait for a play to develop. So, you know, and maybe with an elite offensive line, not that's, that's not an issue, but he definitely held on to the ball a bit. It's going to be interesting to see if um, holding onto the ball, that extra second against Kansas city either results in big plays offensively, or if that allows Kansas city to get home. So I obviously a lot of it's on Burrow, but I would say, Uzama in the middle of the field, and then one of uh, uh, Boyd or Higgins to, to, to make a couple plays. Yeah, yeah and Higgins I, was the one that stuck out to me just coming back from yeah. injury. He didn't look completely right against the Titans, and he's got a little bit more of that explosiveness back last last week. But if he could have a big game and take some of the pressure off of Jamar Chase, because the Chiefs are good at taking what – like, Stefan Diggs didn't have a good game last week. Um, no, you're and, right. Like, say what you will about the Chiefs' defense. That was that was scheme. They weren't right. So they were not um, letting... and like Gabriel Davis went crazy, but T. Higgins could be in line to have a Gabriel Davis type of game, and he definitely has the talent to do that. It, yeah, just based on that Diggs template from last week. I mean, Chase is getting at least that sort of um, attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to think. You got to think. Yeah, and I actually think um, Mixon can have a big role in this game, and I think that doesn't necessarily mean just strictly as a runner. I think people are sleeping on his ability as a receiver as well. So, um, you know, they have so many options in the passing game, and Mixon's been, like, not to spoil my lead here, but that's going to be a bet that I'm going to suggest. That's the one I have in play at this point, and that's uh, Mixon over over three-and-a-half receptions and over 30-and-a-half receiving yards as a little same-game par- parlay put them together um because if you look at the numbers for Mixon, i mean well he just watched the games but looking at the numbers to be like over his last where is it here over 20 he has 23 receptions and almost 200 yards over his last four games he's averaging over five receptions close to 50 yards per game um and he looks good doing it so i think that's another way you can get him involved if your offensive line is just getting bulldozed all the time as well right which could very well be the case versus uh, the chiefs front four also, shout out to Russell Schuhart on YouTube, our uh, Bucks report, having some technical issues. So uh, we're out here on our lonesome, but he found us on YouTube. So shout out to you, Russell. Thanks for joining us. Even though we got no Bucks football to talk about, um, still chopping it up about the NFL playoffs. Colin, but I yeah. got to commend you, though. It, just to, on that note, like you, you've really bounced back. The energy's back. You, you were yeah. really down. You were down super bad on Monday. You can see it yeah, in I'm, your face, bud. bud. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that could just be the lighting. I was off work. <laughs> um, no, like I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, yeah. a few days does yeah. a lot of does a lot of good. If Life I, if I heard Tom, if I heard Tom Brady announce he was coming back, I'd tell you I'd be real chipper tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let life goes on. You know, it, it's five days. It's hard. They they won the Super Bowl last year. It was you were almost free rolling this year. I know Bucks fans don't want to hear that, but it kind of was. For sure. Right. I mean, like, yeah, house money, house money. But um, I like that. Um, it feels like that that mix and bet call the three and a half and the thirty and a half. It feels like if you get one, you're going to get the other, right? So yeah. you may as well, um, you know, parlay them together. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I played the exact bet last week, and it hit real early, real easily. Yeah, um, and it just seemed too easy to not ride with it again, especially in in a game like this. I just, I just kind of think that's something they're opening up that Zach Taylor's decided it's got to be more a part of their offense. So, mm. um, and it's certainly within his realm of capabilities. So, okay, we got to talk about the Chiefs, though, right? Like, yes, less, <laughs> like please. I think if I don't know, we'll, we'll probably get the picks, but every other football pundit that's out there is picking the Chiefs in this game. Um, Vegas picking the Chiefs, obviously, with the big number. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you guys – like, what kind of game is this going to be? Because, like, I think if you go into a shootout with Cincinnati, it's more of a coin flip than it is if you can kind of slow and control the tempo, right? Yeah, I think that's a valid way to put 
put it for sure. I mean, the Chiefs can beat you in a lot of ways. I mean, look how lethal Mahomes looked without necessarily trying to force the ball downfield Long uh, versus the Bills, right? Like, yeah. so if he can control the clock as well and stay dialed in, it's obviously an issue for Cincy. But Cincy, you know, as long as they're getting the ball every other every other possession, I mean, they can score as well. But they're just, I think it more depends on Cincinnati. I think that's their only hope is Cincinnati is like a shootout. Yeah. Um, they, they have to be – Cincinnati has to be great on first down because if it's second and third and long, then that's going to lead to potential turnover-worthy plays, right? Because Kansas City is either going to be able to get to Burrow and maybe maybe strip a ball or he's going to have to force a ball into a tight win, window, things like that. Like, you know, a cliche guy. But really they need to be great on first down in order to give Burrow as much of an opportunity and just release the pressure from the offensive line, in my opinion, in order to score enough points. Because, like, let's – like, I, the Chiefs the, – the Bengals' defense is not that good. It really is. And it, it's going to take something special to keep them – to keep Kansas City to, like, you know, let's say under 28 points, I would say. Right? Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah, and they did they did their you know they looked pretty good if you just look at all the picks and the turnovers they generated last weekend but that was pro- probably just as much if not more a result of Tannehill yeah. playing sloppy yeah. football right I so mean, like they, they still the took advantage of it it's tough it's tough to actually catch the ball for DBs but yeah they still <laughs> took advantage of it yeah for but sure. that's just that's like those tipped balls right like they could go yeah. anywhere the the one down in the red zone um uh, I can't remember the uh, whoever made the play, but it went up basically off of his shoulder pad directly up in the air, and then he made the play to his credit. The one on the on the potential game-ending drive, um, you know that that ball could have easily fallen, right? It, like it's going to be things like that. I think in order that Cincinnati really needs to be on the right side in order to keep uh, to keep up here because I Mahomes is. I mean, we love. We know how good he is, but he's also just playing so well right now. Yeah. Hill and Kelsey are healthy. Are healthy? They were not. They were coming off of COVID in that first game against Cincinnati. They still scored thirty-one points and kind of left some on the board. To be completely honest, so I, I like Cincinnati has to play mistake-free. I think to stay with it because Kansas City is going to be expecting to score on every single every t- every single time they touch the ball. This could be Ooh. one of those ones where Kansas City doesn't punt. Yeah. Easily, easily. The I, one thing that scares me with Kansas City, though, is um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but he's coming back off of injury, and I think Vegas is expecting him to get like the bulk of the touches. You can't even bet on Jarek McKinnon. And I thought Jarek McKinnon was great for those two weeks. So, Dude, I love what McKinnon brings them. And yeah, you can tell Mahomes does. Pace. Yeah, he, he, I, thought that, he, I thought Mahomes really liked it, too. Even in his first game there where he had the reins, he absolutely popped as just another yeah. explosive weapon to add to the offense. Great insurance for Edwards Alaire. I think they're in a great situation with knowing that he can give him something. But I, I wish they went to a more like I like the two back system almost because it seems like I don't know. I, I get nervous with Clyde Edwards Hilaire for some reason. And especially coming off of injury, I Put just, I just, I would much rather see Jarek McKinnon out there for the bulk of the carries still. Well, well, shit, I don't care. I'm cheering for the Bengals, so like, I hope they have some little controversy about who to play, and they don't. Like, I would be, I think McKinnon looked fantastic. Like, I hope, oh. I hope Alaire takes some of those carries. I don't know. They're the the other thing is with the Chiefs, right? So like, obviously, you know, they're they're going they're playing in their what fourth consecutive AFC Championship game. Yeah, at home. About, at home, talk, at home, talking about arguably the most potent offensive trio in NFL history, at least at the quarterback, receiver, tight end positions, and a creative experience play caller, right, in Andy Reid. So they got all that. Then, since last year, their third, which was their third consecutive time hosting the AFC Championship, but since then, they've turned what was a glaring weakness, their offensive line, into a really, really strong group. And um, I think that helps. Like the, the Run blocking-wise, yeah. they're fantastic. Fantastic. Just to quickly... Um, summarize who those guys are in free agency. See, they brought in Joe Th- Thunny, Thuny, however you say it, Tooney from the pack. Think, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. from the Ravens. Uh, he's playing left tackle and they just crushed the draft, right? Creed Humphrey in the second, who we've talked about plenty at Oklahoma, yeah. and Trey Smith in the sixth out of Tennessee, which was a steal that everyone passed on for health concerns. And obviously, Andy Reid was smart enough to say this is too much. So, um, 
they've improved, you could say, their offense in a lot of ways because they, they now have another yeah. weapon they can rely on in the running game. But more importantly, the big boys in the trenches who are paving the way are far more equipped to do that. And they're really good in pass pro as well. And you got Mahomes, the game speed rusher, who we were sharing that, that tweet about, about his game speed, which oh. was super interesting. Some of the data as it relates to Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes' ability to create positive plays for his team with his legs, despite what what his technical 40 time is and all that. I found yeah. that really interesting. I know you guys did too. Oh, yeah. But but the big thing for me, boys, the big question and the big issue with this team is is their defense. It's a huge question mark. Um because they've proven over the course of the season to be extremely inconsistent. Yeah, and, it's drive to drive with them. Right? And and yeah. also, it's kind of like going chunks of games. Like, obviously, not having Matthew last weekend was an issue. Uh, but even with him there, when they played these Bengals, they gave up 34 points and 446 yards in the air. Yeah. And, I, and I, there was a really cool tweet by Joe Osborne today just talking about the Chiefs' D against good quarterbacks this year. So this is the points they gave up. Lamar Jackson, when they played him, they gave up 36. Josh Allen played him twice, gave up 38 and 36. Herbert played twice, gave up 30 and 28 points, respectively, in those two games. And then, of course, as mentioned, Burrow put up 34. Not a great resume when they're playing elite quarterbacks. And no. if, if you're not, don't be mistaken, Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback right now. Yeah, that's, yeah. All, and that, like, that's I think super fair, man. That's super fair. The thing that you have to do to Burrow is that you have to try to confuse him. He's He's definitely cho- shown that he has like a credible amount of poise and he can figure out a defense as the game goes on. You have to give him different looks because like I just go back to the Titans just showing him cover zero with the empty backfield. Literally every play that he had empty back, he had an empty backfield that he had you saw a cover zero and he did just ended my, up just dicing them. Did you not get my email, Bo? What's about that? we're not allowed to say cover zero on the pod anymore. Why not? Because of uh what what Todd Bowles. Oh, what, it, you well, know, the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. 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 Thanks. Thanks a lot, Todd. <laughs> Kill, killing our content here. Uh, call, it, yeah. call it cover O. Cover O. Call, cover, cover O, yeah. Cover, right. cover Bo. Cover Bo. Um, Good luck. Yeah, Bo, you're completely right, but you got to think Spagnola will stay. <laughs> that was good. Um, you got to think Spagnola will be aggressive and come at them and challenge that offensive line to try to try to say, all right, we're coming. Are you going to block us? And, bro, are you going to be able to get the ball out in time? That's why I think it has to be the difference between third and three and third and eight is is huge, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, all these games, every every time we, we come down to the conference championship games in the Super Bowl, I just can't wait to watch. I just can't wait to see what happens. And is it a normal game or is there some turnover luck? Like, like the Houston Kansas City playoff game from a couple years ago when Houston like blocked a punt and they weren't they up twenty one nothing like you know who knows right maybe maybe Cincinnati returns a kick I don't know I think they're gonna need something like that almost similar to what uh, like how San Fran kind of pulled one out of their pulled one out of their ass against Green Bay right with the block kick something like that I just don't see them stopping the Chiefs enough I think they can hang with them. I have no, like, for sure, I believe that. I just, are they really going to outscore Mahomes and the Chiefs at home? I just, I don't, I don't think so. That's, that's where I'm leaning. And for me, like, I'm in the exact same boat. Um, I think I could easily see the Bengals, like, covering, keeping it within a touchdown. But I just think the home field advantage you just mentioned, Scott, and then also Andy Reid, you know, He's got lots of big game experience, and he's such a creative play caller, especially coming off that disappointing Super Bowl defeat last year. Um, he knows how big this is, and he's going to be in his bag of tricks. So I just think it's a bit much for the Bengals to overcome at this point in terms of their roster building and just the experience of their guys. Um, I yeah, I, uh... and that's okay, by the way. Like this isn't a not. This isn't like some easy thing. I I really hope the Bengals play well. Not that it ma- like I think the season is of unmitigated like it's totally a success no matter what. I just hope it's not forty one ten, and you know it's just I don't know it's just this blowout and like a Mahomes coronation and all that. Like I, but I trust the bit. I I trust Burrow to to go out there and play well. I think we haven't really talked about the coach. I'm only so so on Zach Taylor to be honest, but if any coach 
at this point going into Kansas City doesn't realize that you need touchdowns to win, then you know you're you've lost the game already, right? So that'll be interesting to see how how aggressive they are early. Dude, he's he's been. I think he's been good in this playoff run. And uh, like to your point as well, Scott. Like super good point. We're not knocking Kansas City. You have an impossible task in front of you. And oh, I yeah. think you won your first playoff game in like thirty years during this yeah. playoff run. And you won only playoff. two games like two years ago. Like this is yeah. an unbelievable turnaround for this franchise. Yeah, and like I said, and sorry, like not to beat a dead horse, but well, uh, I guess we'll call them three competent teams in their division like that's a slog man and and they they won it and they were the best team i mean i guess they got helped out with some you know lamar injury bad luck for baltimore but cincinnati went into baltimore and smashed them early in the season as well right so i don't know i'm just they're a cool team i enjoy watching them i really like burrow and i hope he plays well Part of me is like a little fearful as a football fan, just believing in football karma or whatever you want to call it, superstition. I don't know what you would categorize it as, but just because we're coming off of such an incredible weekend of football, I'm fearful yeah. we're due for a couple. Yeah. I don't want to say blowouts, but maybe not not barn burners. Well, um, to be honestly, we last week was so good. We can't even, even if both games were like 42-10, we can't. We, are, we can't complain. That's how good last weekend was, right? So uh, I, I hear you. I feel it's it's potentially coming. It's potentially coming, but... I, I have a question for you guys. And, like, I think I know what most people would say, but I am curious. Um, in terms of this game, right, if you could pick one receiver that's playing in this game to join your team for next season, just for next season as, as a... Like, you got one, one year, who would you take? Which receiver? From this, this is, game, you're just trying to get us to say Jamar Chase. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> to say Jamar Chase. Just trying to make you think about it. So you'd rather for next year in its singularity no, have no, Jamar would, Chase over Tyreek Hill? I would take oh. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, not even I would, a question. I would honestly, it would be I would Chase. I know, I know. Like, I guess is it just for one year, and you have to give him back the year after? Yeah, let's say yeah. I would probably take Tyreek Hill just because it's so it's so game breaking. And it works with so literally any quarterback. I know it's so is Chase, but it's it's different. I think Chase. I think you they have a lot of now. like Chase is. He's only had one quarterback for like three years now, right? So I think Tyree Kill, even though he's playing with Mahomes for like the bulk of his prime, I think what he does on the football field is so game breaking. And every time he touches the ball, it's like, okay, I don't know if he he could take it to the house. Like as much as Jamar Chase does that too, I think you, I don't think you're wrong with either one of them. But if I was, yeah. if I'm gonna take the resume of of Tyree Kill, see, and I think most people would, Bo, and I think the only other or the one point that could be made in your favor on that side of the argument would be, um, it's kind of like a pitcher in baseball, you know how often like rookie pitchers come into the league and they have quite a bit of success right away because they got all this yeah. stuff, but the the batters and the, and the opposing teams haven't had a good, good enough scouting report. They haven't had time to like figure them out yet. And then they tend to hit a regression the next year. Tyreek Hill, teams have been planning for him, str- scheming for him can sit like for the last, what, six seasons? Is it that much? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So there's that element of it as well. I mean, you guys know where I would side, but I'm obviously stupidly biased, but um, I would side with Scott and, and take Jamar Chase just because yeah. I feel like his ceiling is so insane. I but you only have did. him for one year. That's that's why I was like, okay, if you if I'm only getting him for one year and I have to give him back after, I would probably take Tyreek Hill because like it's literally any offense, any time, right? And not to say that Jamar Chase isn't like that. It's just that yeah. Tyreek well, Hill has the resume of just being an absolute game breaker. Yeah, this is a situation where, like, it's the football equivalent of being, like, loaned out to Ajax or something in the Dutch league here, call, you know what I mean? And you get your you get your guy back. But um, yeah. uh, appreciate, I you refer- appreciate you referencing the Dutch league specifically. I had to also. go to the Dutch league for you, but I could, I could have said PSV uh, yeah. or the other one. There's a third one. So, like, but like the better question is if you had to pick three receivers, at least two of them are going to be Bengals, right? If you had to pick four receivers, at least three of them would be Bengals, right? Yeah, yeah. Like as long as actual Kelsey doesn't count. It, yeah, yeah, actual. Yeah. Yeah. Even sure. if you do count Ch- Kelsey, it's yeah, that, no, that's two to two. Kelsey. 
Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, you know, it, Chase Hill and Kelsey are the first three off the board, and then it's Higgins if you're including Kelsey. But yeah, um, it was, well, like how long it takes very... you to take another Chiefs guy would be a, be a while, I bet. Yeah, this is more yeah. of our off season hypotheticals. We don't want to go too yeah. far down this. Yeah, road. This, is a pretty spe- <laughs> this is getting into a pretty specific hypothetical. But my only thing with with my Chase pick over Hill would be. The like just getting the ball in space game breakability is obviously I don't think there's anybody better than Hill, but I think the difference between him and Chase in that aspect is less than the difference between Chase and Hill and just throwing him the ball down the sideline and going and making a play. So that's that's where I'm at. I don't think he can make a wrong decision uh between no. those two, to be honest. I mean, look at what Hill did. He's absolutely insane with the ball yeah. in his hands. Like, don't get me wrong. I just Chase also has that. He's just bigger you know what i mean so yeah that's that's where i would lean but it's a good it's a good question now do you guys have before we move on to the next game um do you have any are you guys betting this game like what are your what are your leans do you have any any action on this game um not betting the side look looking quite hard at the over um i like it depends on the possessions, but the over right now, oh, wow, it's 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 moved up to fifty four really and a half. Yeah, but I see. See, I think it's going to be like thirty eight twenty eight Chiefs. If I had to put something to it, so I mean, I guess I'm leading like with the Chiefs actually covering the seven and a half, which isn't usually the the way I would go. But I'm, I'm not betting it. That like I said, it's just a lean. I'm looking at the over in that game. I actually like a side in the second game that that when we discuss we can go over that but uh as far as bets there's a couple props i really like that mix in one call that you threw in there yeah um jarek mckinnon is plus 162 to score at any point i feel like that's good pretty good value i, I like his maybe it's easy to to run or catch one uh so that isn't a bet that i've made or anything the only bet that i've actually made is the over on the game Nice. Yeah, I go. was going to save it for the end of it, but like I do have this futures ticket that's riding on this entire weekend, right? And I, I'm after some deliberation, I don't think I'm going to hedge it at all. But I do. I have the Chiefs and I have the Rams in the in the Super Bowl, and twenty dollars to win. I think it came out to like four forty two or something like that. So, um, so yeah. The Chiefs, so the Chiefs to play the Rams but... in the Super Bowl, yeah. Okay, so. well, we'll talk offline about hedging opportunities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But the other part of this was actually, since we were just talking about Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's longest reception is 24.5 yards. I kind of like that. I just just like him to get one of those game-breaking plays. And a 25-yard catch for Tyreek Hill, he kind of does that in his sleep. He could do that with a one-yard, one-air-yard, honestly. I was just about to say, he could catch one behind the line of scrimmage and – and, uh, yeah. you know, cash that ticket for you. So that makes a lot of sense. There's some interesting trends that I saw on uh, Follow the Money. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Um, no. But I'll just quickly hum through those before I move along. Bengals are 6-0 and against the spread in their last six games. They're also 4-0 and against the spread in their last four as an underdog. And the under in Bengals games is 19-7-2 and in the last 28 road games. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Chiefs yeah. are eight and two against the spread. Chiefs are eight and two against the spread in their last ten, and six and zero oh against the spread in their last six home games. And for you, yeah. Scotty, the over is seven and zero oh in their last seven games. Yeah, that's I. Like I said, I think the Chiefs. I I, I don't think it's ever really um, super in doubt, but I could easily see the Bengals like you know, rushing through that back door, especially at that seven and a half number. So that's why I'm just looking at the over for now. So Scotty, you said Chiefs 38, Bengals 28. 28. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more like Chiefs 32, Bengals 28. If I got to pick a score. I, I, um, okay. So you like, do you like, do you like them enough to bet them call or? Do you, no. That, okay. No, All right, yeah, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of a potential whooping. Weapons. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go Chiefs 31, uh, Bengals 16, let's say. Okay. Yeah, so, so um, and then the later game on Sunday, the NFC Conference Championship, uh, we've got the San Francisco 49ers traveling to SoFi Stadium and the uh, intimidating home field advantage the Rams will have there. 
their favorite, the Rams are favored at home by three and a half. That game kicks off at 6.30 p.m. on Fox. And uh, the Rams are looking to become just the second team to host a Super Bowl at their home stadium. Um, and if they were to advance, that, that extremely rare scenario uh, would be occurring for the second consecutive season, as, of course, the Buccaneers hosted Super Bowl 55 in Tampa last year. So that's kind of wild. That is wild. Yeah, it feels like it literally never happens and we're going to get it back-to-back potentially. Potentially. And in two scenarios where the home field advantage is dramatically decreased for different reasons, of course. COVID last year changed things quite a bit. I mean, I know the Super Bowl was a little bit different, but um, and then just this year with so like like there's gonna could this be a 50 50 game in so far it could be 60 40 niners fans i think it could be more niners yeah which is an awesome little subplot to this and i want that to be the case just because it adds a little more intrigue isn't there like i was thinking about this is there as like a buck's angle is there a little bit of the same idea of the star quarterback gets lured to this team that's going to be hosting the super bowl and they have to go through this team that's beat them twice already this year. I yeah, I mean the I the think Chiefs that's, don't. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, I mean the Bucks hadn't played the Packers twice or the Chiefs, obviously, but they had gotten thumped by the Chiefs before they. Or sorry, you're talking. Are you talking about the Packers in the NFC Championship? No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about the the Rams with Stafford and uh, the Niners. The Niners have have beat them twice already this year. They've beat them six times in the last three years, which is I, I didn't even Wild. know that was possible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, six straight, right? Um, yeah, Niners. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, Niners six straight, including that Week 18 overtime victory. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's some parallels in that sense, but like, I don't know, like. Um, in terms of comparing the Bucks, just because like this is they're not playing someone in their division, so like that's kind of makes it unique in this game. You know, it's just a division. No, it is. It is. It's the Bucks. It's Bucks oh, you're talking Saints. about the division. You're talking about yeah. the divisional round. Okay, I yeah. You're talking about the NFC Championship versus the Packers, and I was like, well, like no, no, no. I'm not talking. I'm just talking about like a little bit of a parallel between like okay, we have the Bucks were like we have to beat the Saints at some point this season. The Rams are like we have to beat the Niners at some point in our lifetime. Um, like it's it's just there's something there with like okay the Rams are all of a sudden this all star studded team with a bunch of veterans trying to push to get a ring, the Bucks were almost in the exact same position with all of their all stars like coming in coming together at the but with the Bucks. I don't know, maybe it's a stretch, but there's something well, there for me. If I had made that connection that you were referring to the Saints game in the divisional round, then yeah, I would give you that for sure. There's some comparisons there, no doubt. Um. I mean, I don't know. What are you guys thinking about this game? Like, what do you want to talk about? Obviously, the Rams can beat you in a number of different ways offensively, and Stafford's proven to be a guy who can orchestrate, you know, any kind of offense. Um, he can turn it loose and take the top off a of defense, or he could play more disciplined and take what the defense gives him if that's what Sean McVay's game plan asked for. Um, whereas the Niners' defense has been balling out, and they got lots of weapons just like the Rams do on, on D. Um this, what, what do you guys think of this game? Like, what are we, what are we looking for here, gentlemen? Well, just from, like, kind of a aesthetic uh, scenario, just the fact that San Fran is the sixth seed in the NFC, but they're in about as familiar a position as you can possibly be, you know, playing a division team in a stadium that they know is going to be not a hostile environment. What, whatever the breakdown is of fans, whatever it's going to, you know what I mean? They're not at Lambeau. They're not at Raymond James or, you know, even uh, Jerry's world, right? Like the, the, the first two games were considerably more uh, difficult environments for them. So just the fact that the Rams have had this great season, obviously the marriage between McVeigh and Stafford, uh, you know, no, no complaints. I have to imagine from Rams fans. They, they do so well, get a high seed, they host the NFC Championship game, and it feels like a neutral field, like it feels like a bowl game or something, yeah. right? Like, So just from that point of view, I think it's fascinating that um, the sixth seed is going to be, I don't want to see an advantageous situation, but just like a pretty comfy spot to be on the road and to get a chance to play in the Super Bowl, right? And, you know, they played the Saturday night, game against green bay so they they got an extra day and all of that so just those kind of periphery type things i I think 
all of that points towards San Fran. I, I'm not saying that's a definitive factor or anything like that. I just mean it's, you know, you'd rather have those things than not, I suppose, going into this game, right? So, um, you know, things like that. The, obviously, the McVay-Shanahan thing, 6-0 and has been, um, you know, has been beat to death. But that's the, you know, th- that's a pretty good sample size, right? Yeah. That's not just, uh, oh, San Fran swept them this year and blah, blah, blah. It's hard to beat a team three times, which it isn't, by the way. That's been totally debunked. That's just not true. Um, yeah. So... Rams Niners, like obviously we can talk about the actual matchups and in, in the X's and O's a little bit more, but just just from like um matchup and like I said, the aesthetic point, I I think it's awesome. And I think if you're a Niners fan, you gotta be feeling pretty, pretty good. Uh Larry David would agree, um, about how this all broke for you. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I think for me it kind of starts with Trent Williams, if I'm a Niners fan. Like if is he going to be good to go? And I know you guys just beat him. You just beat the Rams without him uh, in week eighteen or whatever it was. Um, but I think Trent Williams in motion is probably the scariest thing in football <laughs> right now. And oh, yeah, uh, that. that's something you want to have in a, in like a winner go home game. So I I don't know. That's for me. It's just like where their offense goes and just looking at how how bad Jimmy G was in their last game. Like they're going to need Trent Williams to be clearing guys out of there to get those big runs that they rely on. So that's, that's kind of where it begins and ends with me for the Niners offense. And he's been doing it all year. Trent Williams. I mean, he's been the best left tackle in football. He's been an all pro absolutely dominant. He's technically listed as a game time decision. Part of me feels like part of me. Sprained ankle. He hasn't practiced all week. But part of me feels like that's more just, uh, you know, trying to keep everyone on their toes. You got to think he's going to be a, good enough to go and um i mean it's a super interesting matchup as well right obviously the rams have arguably the two best players in football and ramsey and donald but the addition of von miller has really been starting to pay dividends for them he's playing really really well he's unreal Um, he looked fantastic last week absolutely owned donovan smith like donovan smith has been really solid this year an upper echelon tackle which would be hard for bucks fans to even imagine uh someone saying just a couple of years ago um but Anyway, he was dominant, just absolutely owned him. Check out Brandon Thorne's um, Twitter feed, and you'll see some incredible reps from Von Miller. Um, but he he makes that defensive front that much more intimidating than it already was. So, yeah. you know, you need a guy like Trent Williams to be able to attempt to slow Von Miller down. You got Leonard Floyd and, and you know, AD in the middle. So you're right, Bo. That's going to be massive for this game. I mean, Trent Williams is a, is a special player. Yeah. In terms of the Niners offensively, I mean, um, you know, they have a much more volatile offense than the Rams do, in my opinion. Um, harder to predict where points are going to come from outside of Debo Samuel, of course. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's one of the most explosive weapons in football. We've talked about him a fair bit. But I think Debo combined with Kyle Shanahan's offensive ingenuity um, just makes him a tough guy to prepare for. So their volatility in a way is almost like makes him more unpredictable because he could get you in a number of different ways and – um, you just don't know what you're going to get with Jimmy Garoppolo, though, right? That's another reason they're volatile. That's why I use that term because, um, you know, with Jimmy that's, G. That's the difference. That's the difference in the game. And it's a damn big difference, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. If he's good and, you know, he's healthy and, you know, if he plays like the first three quarters against Dallas, which was also in a dome and all that, like, you know, I, I think they're the, I think they're legitimately the better team and are going to win the game. But yeah, we've seen him – you know, in big spots, just throw some truly perplexing balls that will kill you. That'll kill you in a game like this. You can't waste possessions. You can't leave points on the board, and you certainly can't turn the ball over to turn that that turns into points for the Rams. They're too good, right? So, a good Jimmy G. I don't like. I think they have a real shot. I think Debo is. I guess he's not the best player on the field because. Aaron Donald is the best player on any field that he's ever walked onto. But, um, I, you know, just the creativity with Debo, uh, you know, the fact that Ayuk has risen from the dead. Uh, you feel like Kittle's probably due for a big game. I like Elijah Mitchell in the, in the like, as a running back for the Niners. I think they have what it takes to he's win good. this game. Like, I, yeah, I, I, 
I don't, so it's, like it's, a, it's obvious where you're leaning, eh, Scotty? Like, you, yeah, you like out, yeah. You like them outright just, or just plus the points? Well, I definitely like them plus the points. The three and a half is borderline shocking to me. Yeah. Um, but just with the – just from a standpoint of, you know, the casual betters are going to see that San Fran's beat them six times in a row. And, like, what else do you – like, that would be enough for a lot of people to say, well, why, what's different now? Right. But I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the Rams. Sharp people have been on the Rams in this game. And, you know, for most of the, most of last week, they dominated a very good bucks team. And honestly, it shouldn't have been as close as it was, but, but they let them hang around. And that's kind of a big question for me is like Sean McVay was not impressive in a big spot last week. He, He just, he was not. And, now he's kind of facing his buddy slash nemesis, which is strange. And he has to like, and he has to kind of sack up and just coach the game of his life. We'll see, man. I guess I, I kind of weirdly believe in the Shanahan Garoppolo combo more than McVeigh and Stafford. And I think reasonable people can disagree, but that's just where I'm at right now. For me, it's like, it's interesting. I think uh, we talked about it when we were doing our previews. Uh, these two guys were on a podcast together called Flying Coach, where Sean yeah. McVay was basically interviewing uh, Kyle Shanahan. And the interesting part of it, now that I'm like thinking about it again, was there was a point in the podcast where Shanahan was like, I was in, it's like famously Stafford was in Mexico with uh, McVay, and they, that's where they kind of made the deal that he was going to be coming. Um, and Shanahan said that he was in in Mexico as well, and like was seconds of, was like contemplating whether he was going to go and break up their meeting and try to make a better offer to Stafford to get him to come to the Niners. So like it's so interesting to see these two quarter like one guy's with the quarterback who he there there's one quarterback that they both were kind of fawning over this summer. This guy got there with the one that got it, and the other guy got there with the one he had. Um, it's going to be super interesting just to see what Stafford brings in the biggest game of his life, honestly, uh, until next week if he if he does get or until the Super Bowl if he does get to play. Um, I'm also really interested to see what they do with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is all over the field. Every play, so you have good, no man. idea if he's going to be a tight end, if he's going to be in the backfield, if he's going to be a wide out. Um, and I think if you're a Niners fan, you're going into this game saying, oh, well, we we – Somewhat shut down Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams had like nine catches for 90 yards or something last week. Cooper Cup is a completely different beast than Devontae Adams. And it's not it's not that he's a better beast. It's just that he's a lot – it's a it's a much different task for a defense. So I'm really interested to see how they attack Cooper Cup. And for the Rams, I think having – this is what you got Odell Beckham Jr. for was mm-hmm. a game like this. So if, even if you are able to contain – Cooper Cup and, and whatever that means in this day and age of Cooper Cup just getting 100 yards every game. Yeah. Um, OBJ can rip you up for that as well, too, or at least for like 70 and there's a seven catches and like 80 yards or 90 yards or something like that and some big catches at that. So I, I'm, I'm super interested to see how uh, I want to say depleted Niners uh, defensive backfield, um, but Clearly, one on paper hasn't been able to match up with the receiving course. That can they pull another one out of the hat? Who's someone okay over there? Someone's setup is making some funny noises. Weird. Or I don't know, man. Good. Okay. Anyway, um, I got a question for you guys then about this specifically of a certain player. George Kittle has been very quiet as a receiver. I think he's gone like six games in a row without a touchdown. Obviously, they've been using him heavily in their like zone rushing attack, and he's a huge blocking asset for them. But do you expect him to be used more as a receiver this game? Yeah, because I think I think Garoppolo and Shanahan they both really trust him. And See, but I've been got, waiting for that, Scotty. They needed him in the last few games. You're right. As well. And he had a big drop in that Packers game. Um, he had a couple, right? He had a couple. He had a drops. couple. But you know, he's really good, and I think you just have to you know, hope or assume that your studs are going to play well in the biggest game. Right. So I would expect uh, a bigger game from Kittle um, just cause he's, he's really good and he's uh, he's versatile and he can do a little bit of everything. And I think he's going to get the chance to, you know, to, to catch, you know, six to eight balls and, and definitely, 
you know, a couple targets in the red zone here. So I think it's time for, for Kittle to awaken. And I think they need him because let's face it. Like we haven't even saw the Niners offense scored six points last week and, and won a road playoff game. Like that actually happened, right? That, you know, good luck doing that again. It's just the odds of that happening are, are so slim, right? They're, they're going to need to find some big plays. Um, and whether it be Debo on a, on a crosser or a Kittle up the middle, they're going to have to hit a couple of those, right? So I, I think he's he's due. And, um, you know, they know what to do against the Rams. I, they, they just do. This is a comfortable game, and I think the Niners are going to be quite, quite prepared and super ready to go um, and just ready to beat this team again. Yeah, yeah. If, if he's definitely due. And I think if you look at Gronk's numbers from last week, I think the Rams have a little bit of a, uh, a weakness covering uh, tight ends. But I don't know. I, I just I, I, I'm with you, Colin. Like it's it's been more. Kittle's had more than enough chances to prove that he's the guy that he was last year, and it's just been it's been tough this year. That's totally fair, and especially like those last six games that you were saying, like crunch time. He hasn't been as dynamic he hasn't been as much of a game breaker so you know maybe i'm hoping more than anything i just i trust that guy i just think he's really good and i know that he's bringing it you know what i mean like he's not some oh what are we gonna get out of him from an energy or effort perspective maybe you don't get the stats or the numbers every game but you know that he's like absolutely busting his balls out there and i I just think it's it's that's that's eventually going to pay off. And I think it's going to pay off in a big way in this game. I just wonder if they even trust Garoppolo to throw the ball that many times for Kittle to have a big game, you know, like, well, it, and especially if you, if for some reason Trent Williams doesn't play, like I just can't see them throwing the ball that often. But that, so that depends on the game flow, right? It depends on yeah how, how much you're down. I, I think San Fran is still willing to run the ball, even if they, if they don't have the lead, right. Cause they run it so efficiently and they have so many yeah. uh, different guys that can hurt you. But you know, I, yeah, the, you know, the formula for, for the Niners to win is to try to get out to a lead, right. Try to get out to a lead. Don't put too much pressure on, on Garoppolo because I don't, maybe he can do it, but I don't think the odds are in his favor of him leading another big comeback. Right. So no. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I think the, yeah, the first quarter in that game is going to be super telling as to, as to how the rest of the game plays. The, these teams know each other so well. They know each other so, so well. And it's just going to be like big plays, like we said, potential tip ball here, maybe a ridiculous interception from either of these quarterbacks. Cause let's face it, it's possible. Um, and that might be the difference. I mean, I don't know what Rams fans are think, thinking right now if Cam Akers gets the ball couple absolutely gigantic fumbles in that Bucks game, right? He has not looked that great. You know, obviously we can cut him some slack given that he basically, what was it? It was an Achilles, right? For Ruptured him, Achilles, like, yeah. Yeah, now he's, he's back like, in playing, so good yeah. for him. But, you know, yeah. Hey, man, you can't you can't fumble twice in this game, right? Like, you just can't. I can actually I, I actually like Akers. Like, besides those two, like, game-breaking fumbles, they're horrible. But... I think he, like, he's proven to me, especially in that Arizona game, like, he is a powerful runner. He's very active in their passing game, too. I, I just, I like Akers if, as, if he can hold on to the ball, which is a horrible thing to say about any running back, but, yeah. Yeah, big F. Oh, Akers is a legit player if you're talking big picture, for sure. Like, for next yeah. year, I think Scott's more talking about this specific game in terms yeah, of, Yeah, totally. Like, um, how crazy would it be if Kyle Shanahan, Brings brings the San Francisco Niners back to their, which would be their second Super Bowl appearance in the last three Super Bowls with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Yeah. Like, and then I can't even, here's the craziest part about it. It's that I feel like opinions on Jimmy won't have changed at all in a positive way. Like, it's not no, like people are like, holy shit, this guy's, this quarterback has taken the Niners to two Super Bowls and out of three, but no, it's like, yeah. I feel like, Shanahan, Dude. I feel like he's kind of a handcuff for Shanahan, and Shanahan's just dragging his ass there with all of his inc- his like schemes and plans, and just finding ways to mask this glaring well, um, volatile. Even even no if color. they make it to the Super Bowl, I think there's going to be a Week One quarterback controversy. 
in San Francisco. Oh, saying, there's hundred yeah. percent. Unless he's, you know, 30 for 36 against the Rams and then similar against the chiefs. Like that's just, but that's not how they don't even need that in order for them to win. Right. Like I saw a stat today in the four playoff wins of Garoppolo's career. He's only thrown the ball 71 times. So it's less than 20 times per game because they've gotten up to leads and there's, then there's murdering people on the ground. Right. So like the formula for them is to, to get out to this lead and not have to have him win the game. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's just uh, like, I, I, it's, it's wild because they might get to the Super Bowl again and it will be not at all, or at least the perception will be not at all because of the quarterback, which is, which is crazy. It's crazy in 2022 or whatever the year it is. Yeah. Shout out to Wanda Brown checking in on YouTube. We got a Niners fan in the building. She says, great observation. Niner fan here. So right. I'm um, not sure exactly what she was talking about, but I, I the whole thing, yeah. the whole thing. Wanda <laughs> we've been right knows. on everything tonight. Wanda knows. Yeah. We've never been wrong. Um, Wanda, but yeah, don't d- check, don't check our divisional previews from before the season. All right. D- d- just believe us. They were all right. Yeah. But subscribe while you're here, Wanda. How yeah, about that? Yeah, please. We'll, we'll create a Wanda section segment yeah. every week. Um, <laughs> anyone, do you guys want to, we might as well predict our scores here. Anyone want to, uh, I have a feeling where Scotty's going with his. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a great game. I I like the Niners. I'm I'm saying 28-24 Niners. I'll take the Rams 21-20. Okay, so Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Rams too. I just don't know how how big. I kind of think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. I think maybe like 19-16 type of game. 19-10 okay. maybe Rams. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm 2120. It's same realm. Yours is a little similar, more filthy. Similar yeah. scenario, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's interesting too. The one thing um, that I meant to mention is like, you know, Donald, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey, rightfully so, get like so many headlines, right? As being just absolute difference makers on that end of the ball. But the Niners, we haven't talked about Nick Bosa and Fred Warner being on the same sideline either. Yeah, like, true. Opposite them, like those are two absolute uh, elite defensive players at their respective positions maybe the best linebacker in football you could easily make that argument and um and a top-notch edge rusher as well so this game this game could be really fun and the the cool thing about this game i think the uh, afc championship is a little more dependent on offenses coming through and that's going to dictate what happens this game it could happen in any way like this game script yeah who knows how it could go like i think scott was mentioning something along those lines earlier like it could be one in any freaking way who knows yeah so, and, so yeah we'll see one, wanda thinks uh, wanda's going to the game uh, so there's another niner nah. fan. <laughs> yeah. awesome there you go that's, that's awesome Wanda. yeah yeah and she's calling the niners defense will confuse stafford watch um yeah, yeah i wish I, I wish the bucks were able to do that to stafford last week wanda so and, you know sorry because there's so many aspects to these games we didn't even really touch on stafford um kind of feels like I don't want to say he's quieted critics, but unless he's absolutely awful this week, I feel like great season in general for Stafford's kind of reputation and everything. I don't know. Is that fair? I I don't know. I think if, if the Rams don't make it to the Super Bowl, I think there's going to be some very upset Rams fans. Like they do not have their own pick for the rest of this decade or something like that. Yeah. they gave up everything to try to win a Super Bowl this year. If they don't even get to the game, I think there's going to be a lot of people saying, why do we spend that money on – why do we spend those picks and money on Matthew Stafford? Yeah, It's not it's necessarily not for this – but it's not restricted specifically to this season necessarily for them, right? Like, can they not run it back with most of these guys next year as well? Like, they got Donald yeah. Ramsey, right? Like, I but think right. so, I but I think you might lose some of the veterans unless they're willing yeah. to take a pay cut. Like, a guy like OBJ, I think – Okay, so when we do get to our offseason, uh, this is one of the best wide receiver free agent classes we've had in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, OBJ is going to be one of those guys that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to bring him back. Right. And OBJ, I think they've I got some guys in their line as well, in their offensive line, that's going to they're going to be really tough to bring back as well. Well, their left tackle is 40 years old too, so – um, yeah, they, there's no that he might be 41 next year, right? And it, they don't have any other way to bring him back. Bring anyone. And I think Von Miller's yeah. a rental as well, I believe. 
I can't. I think that. I think Von Miller said he wants to finish his career as a Ram, but like I don't know. Once you go to the negotiation table and they're saying, okay, we can only pay you this much, it's who knows. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying. I think overall the, you know, I don't want to say the experiment, but it's gone well for Stafford and the Rams, and even just winning on the road against Brady. Um, I don't like. I think it it would have silenced some of Stafford's doubters uh, at the very least. But yeah, at this point, well, I mean, at this point, now you're hosted the NFC Championship game, Super Bowls. I yeah, go win the fucking game. Like I, yeah. I totally get that. But it, if you look at like the wider view, I'm that was more my point. Like I just feel like, all right, yeah, pretty good year. It's very hard to get to the NFC Championship, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that I think just about does it in terms of our previews for uh, the championship weekend coming up. Hoping for a good weekend of football. Uh, if we could get anything close to the amount of suspense and intrigue we had last weekend, I think football fans anywhere, no matter who they root for, would be satisfied. Uh, really quick, just to hit on a couple of the items going on from a coaching general manager perspective and the vacancies that exist in the league. Uh, Vikings have filled their GM spot this week with Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who was the Browns VP of football ops. Uh, the Bears have filled both spots, hiring general manager Ryan Poles, who was formerly... Uh, the Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel, well-respected guy, uh, who then shortly thereafter hired um, Matt Eberflus, Eberflus yeah. who's uh, the Colts defensive coordinator. Um, Broncos, not a shocker here, and this is super interesting, um, is them bringing over Nathaniel Hackett, former Packers offensive coordinator, to be their head coach. Um, I'm a huge fanboy, I've realized, of George, George Payton, the Broncos GM. I've just been loving what he's been doing, so hearing good things about Hackett, but I just like that. I mean, just trying to make things as appealing as possible to Aaron Rodgers. It seems to be yeah. that is full steam ahead for that. And why could you blame them? Um, well, when you're in a division with uh, Herbert and Mahomes, it's probably, you probably want to have Aaron Rodgers come in or else. What, what are you doing? For sure. Yeah. And then the giants. Um, so they, they hired Joe Schoen, who is the bills assistant GM. Um, you know, I think that was one of the earliest hires this cycle. Uh, and just today, shortly before we came on the air, um, they or they will be introducing, it's been made official, that Welland Ontario's finest, Brian Dayball, um, is taking over the head coaching duties there. I thought he was the perfect fit for the Bears, just with um, fields there. So that's what I was certainly hoping for as a as a field supporter. But uh, that nobody had us. a better interview tape than Brian Dayball after last weekend. Yeah. Like, of all the head coaches, like that guy can this just go in and did. say, "Okay, yeah, you, did you see? Did you see? What, like, I would have won that game if the rules were different." Basically, yeah. even the whole play, the whole playoffs. Look what his offense yeah. did the first week weekend. Yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. Brian um, Dayball would have made way too much sense for the Bears uh, for them to actually do something normal. I, I don't know, man. The maybe Matt Eberflus is going to be good, you know, but like. The defensive coordinator for the Colts, I don't know. That's that's where you land, you know, from the team that has no punch, has no identity really, but you have a young quarterback. That's where you go. I just these teams, these bad franchises, like they can't even help themselves. And this is a perfect example. I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, the Giants are a dumpster fire. I think Dayball is probably um, a solid hire. But they're so bad. We'll see. We'll see what I was going to say. I think the, I think the Giants, like if you are a bad franchise, that was everything you want to see from your bad franchise for like yeah. off season moves before players. Like they hire yeah. a GM from outside of their organization for the first time, basically ever since John Mara has been the owner, and then Brian Dable comes in. And I think Dable. I think the thing that you got to think about with Dable is that he has a little bit of experience with a running quarterback and building an offense around Josh Allen. And yeah. you can kind of like a very poor man's version of what Josh Allen does is what you hope. Yeah. Daniel uh, Daniel Jones is uh, Danielle Daniel <laughs> Jones is uh, ceiling is right. So I, I, totally I don't know. I, I love what the Giants did. Yeah, that's totally fair. They just raided the Bills. Yeah, but I also, um, so. I also, I also thought the Giants had a top five receiving core coming into the season, so I could be completely biased. That, wow. that, hey, respect to you for bringing that one back up too, man. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. We got you got to, you got to do it sometimes, man. Kenny Galladay yeah. still, still holding out for that first touchdown. I think he's gonna oh, get yeah. it in <laughs> March. 
he, he's he's still on Galladay. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the Jags, uh, apparently, I don't know, speaking of dysfunctional franchises that are tough to get a read on, oh um, I, I thought two days ago or at least day and a half ago that it was pretty much um, signed, sealed, and delivered that Leftwich was going to be hired as their oh. head coach and that Adrian Wilson would be taking the GM role. And apparently that's part of what uh, Leftwich was holding out for, but no words still from them. So they've gone silent. Um, sounds like a bunch of shady shit's going on in terms of the negotiations or something. Yeah, I might have bungled just... the bag too. Now the Saints job is open too, right? Like yeah. I was left, which I might want to, I don't know. I feel like the Saints are honestly just trolling the Bucks, and really what they're doing is help, helping Leftwich's negotiation status because yeah, they've lit up Left. Up. They've just lit up Leftwich their defense and and these last two seasons, right? Like yeah, so, true. Leftwich Leftwich yes. has not performed well when orchestrating an offense versus the New Orleans Saints at all. It would be like the worst team he's performed against. So that one just seems weird to me. I think they're most likely going to go Dennis Allen in house, but I don't know. Anyway, um, Saints still without a coach, Dolphins without a coach, Raiders without a coach or a GM, and the Texans without a coach. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. But for now, the, the main objective are the teams that are still alive, still in the postseason, and can't wait to talk about it at some point next week in terms of what we see this weekend. And then we'll be on to teeing up a Super Bowl matchup with whoever's playing. So looking forward to that. As always, please do not be shy and feel free to like and subscribe to the Bucks Banter podcast. We talk a lot more than Bucks football. Uh, thanks to those of you who joined us this evening in the comments. Unfortunately, we weren't connected through Bucks Report, but happy to be uh, on the airwaves nonetheless. Enjoy this weekend of football and enjoy this weekend in general. Take care. Be well. Peace.